Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, hello there, Super Nintendos, and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, episode 615. I am your host, the superstar striker, Kat Bailey, and joining me is Rebecca Valentine. Hi, Kat. We're at a really shiny desk today. Per Schneider. We're in L.A. And Alex Stedman. We're here in L.A. on a shiny desk. <laughs> 
And we're here in LA on a shiny desk <laughs> because we have so many announcements to talk about. Just kidding. There weren't really any announcements. <laughs> but we can talk about what was shown at Summer Game Fest. There were some Nintendo Switch games, believe it or not. We can also talk about where the heck is that Nintendo Direct? We can talk about Mario Strikers and we can talk about the Fire Emblem Three Hopes demo. And of course, there'll be a cat take, why we love the GameCube. Lots of stuff to discuss in this week's episode, but we'll start with Summer Games Fest, the Keeley Fest. There were some Nintendo Switch games announced there, or at least shown. And the one that stood out to me the most is the return of Marvel's Midnight Suns. And I'm wondering, do y'all have a take on that one? Are you excited? Did I see correctly this morning that that did not like, like they get they, I remember they have a, like a release date for it, but not the not for the Switch or something to that effect. I did not see that. It's supposed it's happens. supposed to, it's yeah it's coming out. I could be wrong. October seventh for like everything else, and then they're like, oh, Switch later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, so many things, right? That, yeah, that happens with the the upward ports a lot, right? That the Switch version just takes a little bit la- longer to adapt. Yeah, where it's much it's much easier to move laterally between PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Uh, I have a take on it. I I love games like XCOM. Mm-hmm. You know, I love. Strategy RPGs and good old-fashioned turn-based strategy games as well. And so this one was uh, definitely on my radar, high on my list. I want to see the Switch version, though, before I decide whether I want the convenience of portable gaming or I want to play it on my console. But um, so far, so good. Um, We posted some impressions on IGN. And they were kind of all over the place. There was a lot of, this is good. But then, uh, you know, our previewer was talking about the environments just being super boring. So, you know, I, w- I want to see a little bit more of this game. But, you know, in the end, it's less about where they fight, but it's more about <laughs> how they fight, right? Yeah, I will say that, like, I'm not sure how I feel about, like, the XCOM-esque, like, I don't, like the card collecting turn-based thing but i will say i am digging how weird the tone is like it's very like lovecraftian and they're using like metallica in the trailers and i'm like that's something that we're not seeing at all in the current mcu games movies tv shows whatever so it's it's weird and i'm into it and i i'm look i will play it i just hope it comes to switch not too long after everything else and not too jankily not too jankily as well yeah (laughs) you don't want jankily yeah I'm with you, Alex. I love that it's not your typical MCU game. Um, it has much more of a horror vibe to it. So it makes it feel a little bit different from the business as usual with the MCU. I think uh, what stood out to me was that our previewer, Liana Hafer, said that it was more RPG-like because, of course, you're in the headquarters. You're hanging out with all of the Avengers talking about you know, getting, getting to be best pals with Wolverine and <laughs> uh-huh. Spider-Man and everything. I'm like, I want to be best pals with Wolverine and Spider-Man. So, um, and then as for the actual combat, um, the way that she was talking about it made me think a little bit of like Wasteland 3 and everything, but mm-hmm. maybe with carts. So I love the idea of all of the special abilities working together and everything. I don't know, like I was kind of out on it a little bit because I was thinking in terms of XCOM, but when yeah. she reframed it as an RPG, I was like, okay, maybe <laughs> this is more interesting to me. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like Fire Emblem, right? Like yeah. the kind of conversations you have between mm. the different team members. Um, that could be really cool because in this case... It's characters you recognize and you you learn about their, their their unique take on it. And it's look, it's a good developer, right? They're a creative team. Um, so I'm curious to see what what else is in there. 
I'm sorry. Um, are you implying it's like fire? Like, can I can I smooch a Marvel character? No, you can't romance them. I can't smooch anybody. No, I really Boring. wanted to romance Doctor Strange. Like, I can fix him, but you can't romance can them. Stop <laughs> romancing its best pal. Oh yeah. You're very good friends with Doctor Strange. Very yeah, good yeah. friends. Oh, it's such a bummer, but it'll still be fun. And I get why. It's because like all the Avengers have like love interests already established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm still. It's I can still be canon. upset about. It. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah, but, it's not brand approved, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still upset about it, but otherwise, I'm looking forward to it. Like, look how look how weird that is. Look how yeah. like gothic and yeah. creepy that is. That's cool. And like, you're fighting like Lilith. Like, so I'm excited for the story. I'm not, and I am like more intrigued by it if you say it, like like you were saying, Kat, if it's an RPG rather than you know. But we'll see. I guess it does look cool so far. Mm. It didn't used to in the first look, so I was mm. like, oh, it looks a little. Yeah, it sounded like they were reworking it a little bit. Yeah. It was getting pushed back. It was already supposed to be out. So I think that they took the feedback and they were slowly but surely working on it. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. But I'm curious, Alex, were there there any games that stood out to you besides Marvel's Midnight Sun? I was actually surprised to see Witchfire. Mm. And that's got like a really interesting vibe. It's like a like fantasy shooter. We don't know a ton about it yet, but that stood out to me. I'm like, I could get into that, I think. I think Ryan McCaffrey was saying that it looks like Hexen kind of had a baby with. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, oh, Hexen. Yeah. Witchfire was definitely my game of the of the show. I don't think yeah. it's coming out for Nintendo Switch. I don't know if it is. Yeah, it looks too good. It looks too, yeah, exactly. Oh no, that's mean. <laughs> I was, look, the Nintendo Switch is on aged hardware. I acknowledge this. Oh, yeah. Some people do yeah. better with it than others, but that's how it goes. Uh, how about you, Pear? Well, Ninja Turtles look better. Yeah, you know, sure, obviously, sure. Uh, and and that is a game you, you're talking about. You know, the will it look great on Switch? We know it's going to run on Switch. We know it's going to look great. It's so easy to get together six controllers with Switch too, like for people who have multiple Joy-Con. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Shredder's Revenge as well. Um, I loved the Turtles beat 'em ups back in the day. I would go into the arcades. I, I love the original one the most, um, and this one kind of looks like it has a mix of OG Turtles, then Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo, which I think is like a top five brawler of all time. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. We've been rediscovering co-op games in my in my household. Yeah. With, uh, you know, my daughter is still at college, not back yet, but um, we used to play co-op games with four, four people all the time. Uh, but now playing with the boys and, you know, we've been going through the entire Switch catalog looking for the best co-op games. That's why we're playing so much Horizon Chase Turbo and stuff like that. And this one's going to be exactly what the doctor ordered oh it looks so fun and cartoony i love that the graphics are great yeah it looks outstanding the pixel art and everything and i love that they're adding characters that you haven't typically seen in a turtles brawler like splinter and april o'neill and uh, now casey jones yeah has been revealed for the first time and it perfectly captures the vibe of the 80s cartoon it feels like it was it was made for me i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Reb and Alex? Are you super excited for Shredder's Revenge? Or are you mu- not as much a brawler fan? I love a good brawler. Yeah. And I love one that looks like as like kind of like, like you were saying, like very like throwbacky. No, I'm super into this. I love a good beat-em-up. And yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, I probably won't pick it up myself, but I feel like my partner will. And I feel like he will ask me to play with him. And I feel like I will enjoy doing that. Who will you main? Who's your turtle and or character? I'm curious. I really want to play Casey. Like, yeah, yeah. I want to see what that's like. How about you, Pear? Donatello. 
Oh, no. See, I get to be Donatello. No. It's my turtle. I'm not playing. <laughs> well, as I'm the fearless leader on this podcast today, I get to be Leonardo. <laughs> oh, there are four of us and there are four turtles. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. If, if I had to pick a turtle, it would be Raphael, I think. Raphael's the cool one. Yeah, exactly. The people, like... <laughs> I feel like the flow of turtles is you pick Leonardo first and then you yeah. move to Donatello and then you want to be a cool rebel. So you pick Raphael. Yeah. Also, Michelangelo exists. <laughs> <laughs> For Michelangelo. For Michelangelo. Yeah. I'm sure there are Michelangelo stands out there. I want to hear from you, Nintendo Voice Chat fans. Tell me, are you a Michelangelo stand and why do you love those nunchucks? I want to hear all. It's like the Hufflepuff of <laughs> Ninja I, Turtles. As a Hufflepuff, I take exception to that. It's a compliment. <laughs> Thank I actually you. usually pick Michelangelo. I didn't really grow up with turtles, so I don't know which is which, but I always yeah. pick the nunchuck guy. The nunchuck guy. <laughs> there you go. She likes nunchuck guy. I guess I do. <laughs> is that embarrassing in some way? I, I I watched the cartoon as a kid, like, but my I was really young. Like my memory is so fuzzy. I yeah. cannot I know they like pizza. There's they do like pizza. Guy, there's a shredder guy. But turtles just won't go away. I mean, That's it's true. kind of amazing to me that they've gone through so many different iterations over the past, like, 30 years at this point. Like, turtles will never die. Yeah. I don't know what it is about them. I think it's just they're so cool, you yeah. know? I What's, like, the idea? It's a turtle that's a ninja, like. I don't know. That's good. That's yeah. That's Euro permanent. Turtles. That's infinite. And they're mutants. And it's a yeah. perfect idea. And teenagers. Yeah. No notes. Yeah, it's an evergreen concept. Get it? <laughs> turtles are green. Hi. <laughs> um, the other thing that stood out to me, and we'll get off turtles in a second, but uh, six players. Uh, mm -hmm. That's uh, that's a lot, and that's awesome. And I'm sure the Nintendo Switch can totally hold up to it. But yeah, it's, it's so funny when you think about the four-player game setups, right? It's an arbitrary number. There's no yeah. reason for one, two, four player setups. Like mm -hmm. it could have been three, it could have been five. And obviously there are some games with three player modes and some, you know, like Smash Brothers with, with many, many more. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome to see six player brawling. I'm curious to see how easy it'll be to track the action because the game is fairly zoomed in, right? It's not something that zooms out far, um, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I got Scott Pilgrim on my Switch, and I was playing with some friends recently, and I think that's only four-player, but I uh, I really like that game, but it's a little bit stiff, and I mm -hmm. think I really like the flow of the combat in Shredder's Revenge. So yeah. it's coming out on June 16th on Nintendo Switch, so that's going to be next week, and let me tell you, I'm going to definitely be playing that one. Uh, Rev, what stood out to you? Uh, I actually missed the vast majority of that showcase due to some technical issues. I think Nightingale looks really cool. I was glad to see mm. more stuff from that. Uh, but the highlights for me were actually after the show during Day of the Devs. Oh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so Day of the Devs was sort of, well, it, it's this whole concept. There used to be a big in-person showcase in San Francisco of all these indie games, uh, really curated, like high quality stuff. Uh, Double Fine runs it. Uh, they've moved to a digital showcase recently and they've started doing that sort of directly after Keeley show. And they had so many good things and they had a lot of Switch games mixed in there. Uh, there was a brand new announcement of a game called Time Flies that I think looks like a sort of weird mixture of Minute and Untitled Goose Game. You play as a fly and it's very, it's very like minimalist visuals. But you play as a fly in this house and you have 
an amount of time to live based on the life expectancy in the place you are playing from. So if you're in the United States, I think life expectancy is like 77, 78 years or something. Uh, and you get that many seconds to live. So you get like 77 seconds. Uh, we're seeing it right now. Mm -hmm. And that's how long you have to accomplish your bucket list, a list of like to very goose game style to do tasks around the house uh, without either dying of old age or, you know, running into a light bulb or something. And it's, it's just an exploration of death through being a fly, which I think is very weird and cool. And I feel like this is going to be, I don't know. It, it looks fun. It looks, it, it's an interesting idea. Okay. They already got me just seeing the fly bounce off it's the, really cute. The, 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 <laughs> the lamp. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to know is, will you go and annoy a physics professor who was turned into a meth dealer? <laughs> Mm. I don't know. That'd be a great finale. It seems yeah. a little bit. Just going through the whole bucket list and everything. The much lamented Breaking Bad episode. I actually Not really like that lamented. one. It's one of the best. There's so many people who hated it because it yeah. didn't it just took a it took a detour. I love that episode. It was yeah. a bottle episode. <laughs> yes. I love a good bottle episode. I love okay, a good well, bottle episode. Yeah. Well, thanks for putting this on my radar. I, yeah. I totally missed this. This it looks, great. This looks yeah. really good. There were a bunch of yeah. others yeah. too. There's this puzzle game called A Little to the Left, which is about uh organizing objects in a way that is aesthetically pleasing uh, uh, while a, a cat maybe tries to push them out of the way. So like, you know, pushing silverware into the right order or stacking books correctly. It just seems like a very soothing puzzle game. And then uh, one for our Stardew Valley fans. Bear, sorry, that's a little to the left that you're looking at now mm -hmm. if you're watching video. Um, one for our Stardew Valley fans is Bear and Breakfast. Uh, you play a bear uh, who has stumbled upon this, like these old rundown cabins or whatever, and humans are starting to return to the woods. And so you decide to make money off them by building a bed and breakfast and running it okay. as a bear. Like you do. Like yes. you do. I love that. Also, I love Stardew Valley. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's very management simmy, but like very cozy. And I guess there's a, a larger mystery in the woods that you're kind of solving while all this is happening. But yeah, I mean, you can see they did like this little animation and then, you know, the gameplay is fixing up these little cabin type things so that they are comfy and nice for the humans that are, are living in them and you try to attract more people to the, the to art your... of this is terrific it yeah. reminds me a lot of gravity falls which is a huge compliment Ooh, i yeah. love gravity falls it makes me think of one of my all-time favorite zelda dungeons the snow point temple snow point ruins where you find a yeti that's making soup yeah and the first time i ever played twilight princess i was very sick that day with the flu Aww. and seeing that soup and being able to come back and add to it and everything ah oh, it was the perfect that's such a good mission right like right. It's, it's so creepy too because you're waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah there's never exactly. just a yeti making soup right? yeah exactly yeah. yeah there was one other game that i really wanted to put on your radar pair that i i assume will be coming to the switch uh there is a studio, I I have completely forgotten the name of the studio while we've been sitting here, uh, that has gotten the somehow gotten the rights to make a Little Nemo game. Oh, man. Uh, and I don't know anything about Little Nemo, but they said it, it was like an NES game or something. And so I figured you'd know something about well, it, Mr. Old Games. Before, thank you. Before <laughs> it was an NES game, it was a, a, a comic strip um, by Winsor McKay. Uh, you know, a hundred years old, uh, beautiful art. Uh, actually, as a kid, my my dad had this giant Windsor McKay book, uh, and I actually bought a new edition of that one recently. Um, and I 
just as a kid, I was obsessed with them. It's like each story is one page and it inevitably goes in the direction of the Nemo, the, the star who was a little kid in PJs, yeah. falls asleep and then he has these nightmares. And it's because he indulged in the Welch rare bits, of course. Oh, of course. Which, yeah. You can't eat that before dinner. No cheese. No. Um, and so then he has these nightmares where he always goes to another, another land. So um, the style of this game is very, very different. Um, it's, uh, you know, this is this is not what the comic strip looks like. When you see the comic strip, you probably recognize it. It's like super famous. But mm. um, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I heard there was a Kickstarter on this. Um, yeah. I haven't been backing like video game Kickstarters. I usually go for the physical good stuff um, because I figure, you know, I sure. get those games when they're interesting. I want to see a little bit more of the game. But um, yeah, that, that one I crossed my radar a while back. Yeah, it's called Little Nemo and the Guardians of Slumberland. Mm -hmm. uh, it's being made by a studio called Die Soft. And the Kickstarter campaign is up now if people like Little Nemo. Yeah, I'll take a look, though. I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan. That's like it, it's such a, uh, you know, art wise, such an inspiration for comic books still to this day. So like when you see it, you see how Mobius got like some of his ideas. Really cool. Yeah. Couple more highlights at the Summer Games Fest presentation for Nintendo Switch fans. Cuphead DLC is coming out on June 30th. And I am wondering, are there any Cuphead fans on the panel? I like Cuphead. All right. Yeah. Cuphead fan. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it is as hard as everyone says, but it is so rewarding. Like, if you just sit down and push through it, like, uh, it's it's and it's so addictive too. Like as mad as I get, I just want to cross the level. So yeah, I'm here for any Cuphead DLC that comes out. I like Cuphead for the art, and I hate it for the game. I love I love yeah. both though. And not you know not be, because I'm I'm not into shmups or anything. It's just it like you know it is so brutal sometimes, yeah. and it's this sort of game that in my house we play by dying and handing the controller to the next oh, person, yeah. and like we constantly go around, so we're having a lot of fun even when it's frustrating. But um, I can, uh, it's definitely not for everyone either. But the art is just so good. Yeah. Like it's weird because I'm not usually into very punishing games. Like mm -hmm. I'm not a big Souls person or anything. But I think like the art style does make it more palatable. Like even when I'm very frustrated, it still looks so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So. It kind of evens it out. And the music and everything's so good, too. Yeah. I really liked the Netflix show, too. It was cute. This is one I'm very much looking forward to watching someone else play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and talking about games that end up looking really good on the Nintendo Switch, Cuphead looked outstanding on the Switch. It did. Uh, with that incredible animation and everything. It's always so wonderful when a developer is able to really take advantage of the Switch hardware and do something terrific with it. And yeah. I think there's a reason that the Cuphead is so consistently at the top of the Nintendo Switch's rankings. And the Delicious Last Course DLC apparently is practically a standalone game. So uh, there's a lot to, uh, I think, look forward to with that DLC. Uh, Pear, I got a question for you. Are you a flashback person? Do you like flashback? I am. Yeah, I, I've started with, uh, what's it called in the U.S.? Is it Another World or Out of This out World? Out of This World, I think. Yeah, because in Europe, the title is different. I always get them confused. Yeah, it's yeah. the same game, Out of This World, Another okay. World. Um, and then I played that with a friend while I lived in Japan. And then when Flashback came out, I was instantly in. And Flashback obviously is the better game and like controls better and everything. Yeah, it's if you haven't played it, it's a kind of a, a single screen, so it doesn't doesn't scroll. You you move out of the screen uh, uh, to the next one, but it's a platforming game that has the more kind of slow and deliberate controls of a classic Prince of Persia. You know, like where you have to or or old Tomb Raider even, like where you have to line up your jumps exactly and you have to figure out. Uh, 
uh, puzzles on how to get past like auto locking doors and you know that sort of stuff um, all in this uh, all in this alien environment I dig it and yeah there's a sequel coming there is in fact a sequel coming we didn't see much of it during the actual stream I this is the sort of trailer showing where I just want to shake the publisher <laughs> and say stop not showing me the gameplay look it's like projected on like somebody walking by on their sneakers or something it's like like uh, you know you do this when you want to hide that your game's not running really well but um yeah this trailer annoyed me because you can't really see the game uh it is not a remake you can tell it has all new sequences in it um uh you know from what i can see projected on somebody's blade runner building here is that it does have it does have the same art style so it looks similar like the kind of um the the cool old cyberpunky look yeah it does look really cool i mean it's kind of your it, traditional 2.5d yeah. like sequel remake but i know that there are a lot of old school devs in particular yeah. have a lot of admiration for out of this world um Back in the day, Tim Rogers, I believe, ranked Out of This World as the greatest game ever yeah. made. Yeah. So uh, playing Flashback 2 is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and it's like the, you know, you, you can already tell it's like th those games were, th there were early examples of really beautiful animation, just like Prince of Persia was, right? Where it comes at the sacrifice of controllability and like it's like they don't turn the characters don't turn around instantly they do their little skid and turn and so you have to be a little bit you have to kind of almost think ahead and plan your moves in advance and uh we'll see what the game actually looks like when it's not projected on a sphere rotating rotating around a planet but, uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully it'll be it'll be good stop doing that seriously <laughs> that's a choice Who wants that <laughs> nobody wants that nobody wants that no but I do want to know what you want. Tell us all about it over on the Nintendo Voice Chat Facebook group. Tell us what games you are most interested in any that we might have missed, like Neon White, for example, or Midnight Fight Express. This year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom. Blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices 
in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um, unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your Nord VPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. That's nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Anyway, while we did get some announcements at the Summer Games Fest, what we did not get was a Nintendo Direct announcement, and rumors continue to swirl about the potential for a Nintendo Direct happening this month. And I'm going to ask the panel, do we think we're going to get a Nintendo Direct, or is Nintendo just going to Nintendo and move right on? Oh, my God. I feel like we, I feel like it'd almost be a little weird if we didn't, but at the same time, I kind of want them to just Nintendo it and just not do it. <laughs> but I think we will. If I had to rate it on a probability scale where, like, this is zero, this is 100%, it is 100%. Of course we're going to get a direct yeah. this month. Of course there'll be. Now, is it going to be the June 15th rumor date that we've heard about? We don't know, right? Sometimes Nintendo might also plan on a date and then move it because yeah. these are no longer live showings, right? It's already in the can, probably edited and ready to go, and they're just kind of waiting for the, the right moment to announce it, which... When you're Nintendo, I guess you can do that. You don't have to pre, pre-announce pre something for weeks and get people to put it on their calendars. You just go, like, in two days. Tune in for yeah. our Nintendo Direct, focusing on games coming out in the second half of 2022. Yeah. I Man, I've said this on the show before. The, the predicting when a Nintendo Direct will happen cycle is absolute agony. Everybody just needs to take a dang deep breath and, you know, hang in there. There will be a Nintendo show. That said, I do think there will be one this month, probably. I think the June 15th rumor, uh, I think people should look at rumors like that with a little more scrutiny than the internet generally likes to do. That's all I'll say. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being generous. So we're saying yes, but June 15th? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Yes. I feel like we're in agreement on that. Yeah. They usually have one around e3 though don't they yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah 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 uh typically it's basically right there on the week like yeah in the old days back when we still had e3 back in ancient times they would have the nintendo direct a couple days after a lot of the main shows and then everybody would just sit down in the morning have a cup of coffee watch all the nintendo announcements blow away everybody else yep. Breath of the Wild 2, everybody's getting super hyped. 
But this time around, it really seems like Nintendo is just determined to kind of clear out and carve out its own space. And honestly, I don't blame them. Yeah. Like, they want all the hype to themselves. Sure, why not? I mean, that's that's a larger conversation about, you know, E3 and Summer of Gaming in general, certainly, that we probably don't have time to get into now. But yeah, yeah like that that's kind of the whole thing that has been happening during this period over the last couple of years. At first, everybody realized, wait, we can just do our own show. We don't need to latch ourselves onto something specific. And then everybody realized, wait, what if we did our own show not at the same time as everybody else. And we didn't have to deal with everyone going, who's better, Sony or Xbox or Nintendo? Who won E3? You know, they don't have to deal with that. You can just put a show up whenever and people can just, you know, like it or not, whatever. Whatever. But uh, honestly, the Direct's probably just delayed because they want to make sure that they have the latest version of F-Zero um, SX. Oh yes, and that, uh, make of sure it's running yes. okay on the Switch now. Yeah, and you know, and Metroid Prime Five. Yeah, it was yeah. really difficult for them to find all the original members of Amusement Vision to get the port. <laughs> it's you know, exactly. I'm totally making this up. Please, nobody write this. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna be a headline. I want F Zero. I want a new one, but I'll take an SX of GX and A. Industry insider Per Schneider. It happens. It happens. <laughs> Reported on yeah. a podcast yeah. today. Yeah. And I want uh, box, 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 box boy too. <laughs> oh, I want that Thank too. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in. Yeah. With F1 cars, box, box, box. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of leads me to the question of how much is at stake with this Nintendo Direct? In the sense of, I think that Nintendo has a reasonably strong uh, holiday lineup anchored by Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Mm -hmm. I think Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is generating quite a lot of excitement, at least among Pokemon fans. Pokemon just in general gets a lot of heat. It's getting a lot of hype. It's the year of Pokemon. But is there just one more game that Nintendo needs to announce to really solidify things, especially with Breath of the Wild 2 being pushed into next year? I will say I would love to see Bayonetta 3. Mm. I would love to see some of that. But you're right. It's just it feels like a lot of Pokemon, which I'm not complaining about. Scarlet and Violet looks awesome, but never enough Pokemon. No, never enough. What year did they lean on Pokemon before? Was it Sword and Shield year that that was their big game, or was that Arceus? I can't remember. I mean, I'm not even Pokemon Legends Arceus was this year. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, it was, was January. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. it Diamond, was it was Sword and yeah. Shield. That Diamond was and Pearl was last year. Yeah. Oh my god. So like, a lot of we went from brilliant so much Pokemon to oh, yeah. Arceus, and now to Scarlet and Violet. I thought Scarlet and Violet would be next year. I thought so too. I couldn't believe it's this year. Yeah. I think. I mean, generally, I think Nintendo wants a a different game in parallel with Pokemon because Pokemon has a very specific, very large user base, but yeah. not everybody plays Pokemon. They do have some small stuff still swirling around right we don't have a date for advance wars yet because of the uh, yeah. you know the, the conflict in the uk in in ukraine right now um and that maybe, game is done that maybe game is done. yeah that game is finished so maybe that'll slide in in the in the fall somewhere too um but yeah i would love one more game i would love something yeah. cool even if it's just that metroid prime hd cut or whatever um you know something for the holidays yeah they need something not just for the holidays but they need like they need to give us the next Six months, basically. Yeah, because the next six months, there's not a lot happening, I feel like. It doesn't have to be, you know, blockbusters or whatever constantly. But, you know, we need to we we don't really have a super clear idea of what their plan is through the through the end of the year. And, yeah, I I would like to know what that is. I would also love anything more they want to show me of Breath of the Wild 2, even though I know I know it's been delayed further. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to look at it again. I know. My answer is always Breath of the Wild 2, and I always know it's a long shot, but that's always my answer. (laughs) I just want that Fire Emblem. 
the Fire Emblem that they have not announced. That's right. right. Yeah. It's just kind of sitting there. Yeah, that's, Where is it? That's one of those, you know, no-brainer. You know it's in development and it's waiting to be shown eventually. And, you know, I think we've said this on the show before. They will definitely announce a new Fire Emblem this year. Whether that comes out this year is very unlikely. But yeah. I think 2023 is looking more likely. They but... already got Fire Emblem this year. But, not um, the same. But true. They yeah. do. It's not Fire Emblem. <laughs> no, but, but I, I could see them it not wanting like to just Emblem. oversaturate with... Yeah, Fire Emblem stuff. Yeah, yeah right. Fire Emblem stuff. They're like doing it with Pokemon. S- I mean, yeah. well, <laughs> that's different. That is different. Ugh. It gets a weird because I feel like Breath of the Wild Two is this black hole, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. gonna take over half of the first half of 2023. Do you want to release another game like Fire Emblem, which is so big and so meaty? In which case, I would probably even release it in, like the summer, like to kind of anchor that period. Yeah. So yeah. basically, what you're saying is. We should just assume everything's delayed again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of how it is, right? Like, there is a knock-on effect yeah. to stuff being delayed a lot of the yeah. time. So, like, something gets delayed and like, well, we need to optimize the schedule now, so we'll just hold on to this one. We have to make sure we're consistently bringing value to our shareholders. And wouldn't you say that Xenoblade and Fire Emblem kind of cater to similar audiences? So I they would, already kind of got that. Yeah. You know? To some extent. Yeah, I, slightly different gameplay, but mm-hmm. the anime crowd. Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I think Fire Emblem, interestingly, has become more and more um, mainstream, I should say, Mm -hmm. whereas Xenoblade, I think, still very much caters to hardcore RPG fans like who like systems and exploration, kind of more of the classic feel. Um, And Fire Emblem Three Houses is like, yes, but how who can I put together and have kiss? Who can I smooch? (laughs) Look, it's so brilliant. Nintendo suckered people who would have never played a turn-based strategy game into playing turn-based strategy games. So good. Me. That's me. Three houses. Yeah. Had not been a Fire Emblem person before that. I see, Love I'm it. not a Fire Emblem person. Is it like easy to get into with three houses? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Play three houses. Okay. It, That's it will, one. it will destroy yeah. your life. That game is like 200 hours long if you play oh. through all the routes, plus, and the DLC is even more. Yeah. You will just keep going. You will just not stop. Those okay. games didn't used to be like that. They used to just be strategy with some talking head scenes in between the missions. And over the years, they added more and more elements to them that almost kind of like town building, relationship building. It used to be uh, two fighters fighting side by side would would bond in-game, and so then their stats would go up when they're, when they're fighting in the same missions. And they turned that into a whole huge element of the games now, which is really cool. Oh, it's so good. I do really like the anime aesthetics, I will say that. Really oh, yeah. good. Some of the best cutscenes. Yeah. yeah. I would love if they made Three Houses 2, because as much as I loved Three Houses, I feel like there was a lot that could be refined with that Mm. game, especially the back half of the game, where the school becomes a lot less relevant, in my opinion. I think the first half of that game is really strong, and then the second half is much more like, okay, you got your characters, you got your party, now you're like fighting through the different levels and occasionally going back to... Uh, the school and the actual romance element does feel a little bit like an afterthought in that game. Um, is, is Three Houses your favorite or Awakening? Oh, not, neither of those games. Oh wow! Oh, uh, the Fire Emblems. The OG Fire Emblem, Blazing Blade for uh, oh, for the okay. GBA. Wow! Right. Okay. Nothing's topped that. Yeah. It's it's really good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like uh, with. Um, Ellie Wood and Lindis and Hector. Mm-hmm. I love Lynn. Like yeah. she's actually probably my favorite Fire Emblem character. The sprite art in that game is amazing. Um, yeah. There are multiple difficulties that tell you different stories. Like you finish the game, you can go to a different perspective. It's like now I'm in Hector's perspective and everything. And nice. It's gorgeous. It is one of the best looking GBA. Games. My favorite is still Moncho no Nazo, which is Mystery of the Emblem. But then oh. right, the uh, Awakenings is. Uh, 
it's just so good. And like, I think if you go back now, you'll miss some of the things that they added when it's just kind of pure strategy now. I think they really need to remake Genealogy of the Holy War because that is like one of the most famous Fire Emblem games. Yeah. yeah. And fans are, especially in Japan, are like all about that one. But I don't feel like it's well known here because it obviously never came out here. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's a great opportunity. And uh, so much of Fire Emblem takes cues from that because so much of modern Fire Emblem you know, jumped straight from genealogy of yeah. the Holy War. Sorry about nerding out about Fire Emblem's people, but they're oh. so good. These if you are, haven't played them, you should play them. You should these are sophisticated takes, and then I'm just yeah. over here going, make them smooch. So, no, <laughs> But I love to make characters smooch in video games, oh, so you're great. selling me on it. There used to be no well, smooching in war. Yeah. The whole no smooching in yeah. war. Oh, yeah. Sold. Before genealogy, there was no smooching. And then... There was smooching. <laughs> it's one of the subtitles, Fire Emblem, and then there was smooching. Fire Emblem, and then there was smooching. Fire Emblem, Smooch three smoochings. <laughs> so I guess my final question is, if the Nintendo Direct happens, say, at the end of June, what announcement would make you the most excited, and do you have a prediction? I'm just going to repeat myself again. Bayonetta 3. Would love to see it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable... I think it is, too. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Pear? Well, obviously, I would love a new or old F-Zero game, as you know, which there's very little chance. Um, I don't know. Like, beyond that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm ready to take a break from from Kirby and, you know, we're getting Hyrule Warriors, obviously. So, um, outside of a Fire Emblem game, I would love to see what Mario is up to. We Ooh. haven't heard from that guy. Remember that guy? He's got a, Who's Mario? He's got a yeah. Mario. He he's, got last a, name? he's got a movie coming out. He's got a movie coming out next. Oh. It's like, yeah. Oh. That <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> I don't know about so, that. But, you know, <laughs> why not announce one now yeah. and tell us to come later and play it and watch the movie? We are due yeah. for a Mario. Well, That's actually, right. you bring up a good... I wonder if they would talk about the movie at, at a direct... I think they would. I think they, they have it before. Yeah, yeah they, they announced have. the they cast. The, the, yeah. Yeah. That's when they showed off the cast. Yeah. yeah. Reveal the voice. That's yeah. right. They broke yeah. the internet when they brought out the cast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe we get another one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, yeah. I would be definitely into that. The question is 2D Mario or 3D Mario? Uh, 3D. Yeah, I agree. 3D. What is a 2D Mario now in 2022, really? Well, it's just Mario, Mario Maker, Road. right? When every Mario is 3D in yeah. some in some respect. I feel like they Mario Maker the 2D games for a while. So, um, you know, they, I'm sure we'll get eventually a new, new, new Super Mario Brothers game um, in 2D. But I, th- I, I hope they don't go back to that art style that we've seen before. I, I'm ready for something like completely drastically different. And like the last time Nintendo really experimented with Mario visuals was Paper Mario, right? Where mm-hmm. they completely went a different direction. I could go for So I would love Mario, to see yeah. something like that again. I would love for them to make a new Mario world, like kind of in that same style, but like dramatically expanded, mm-hmm. right? But that's just for Cat because I think uh, 2D sprite face doesn't, sell as well so i don't think nintendo i think nintendo would be a little big gun shy about that i do think that if the new mario comes out it might be more in the super mario 3d world kind of style and maybe similar to bowser's fury because bowser's fury Mm -hmm. in so many ways felt like a a proof of concept for something Mm -hmm. and they may expand on that for a future mario game but what you what you're describing would be perfect for nintendo online like if they released a world a week or something a Mm -hmm. 2d game even with a sprite set of super mario world would i think 
gamers would really love that, don't you think? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I would love that. And that was one of my favorite things about Mario Maker was that we had the variety of different mm. styles yeah. that we could choose from. Rest in peace, Mario Maker. Mario, come back. We want you. How about you, Reb? Um, I mean, obviously, I would love more Breath of the Wild 2 footage. Uh, but I think in terms of surprises that I don't necessarily think we'll see, but I would love to see... I really love Yoshi's Woolly World and Crafted World, and I think we're maybe coming around about the time-ish. We mm. should be seeing another Yoshi game. Uh, and I, I really like that style. I like the sort of homemade crafty style they did with both of those games, and I really enjoyed both of them, even though I liked Woolly World a little bit more. Uh, so something like that would be really nice. Uh, just a nice little surprise. Uh, and then obviously the obligatory, please, you know, remaster Golden Sun. You won't, but I wish you would. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, they never will. I got I got to bring it up anytime yeah. anyone asks. That's what I'm always hoping for. But yeah, like realistically the Yoshi would be really good. I mm-hmm. yeah, or even honestly, even if they just want to bring Woolly World to the Switch, like yeah. that would be oh. fine with me. Uh I've said this I think on other IGN content before, but the it's Woolly World is so soft and the floor is soft in a way that Crafted World is not. And when he walks on the Wii U, you see his little soft feet making little dents in the soft. <laughs> so dog. satisfying. And on the 3DS, the script, they added those cute little shorts with Poochie, like the one where he eats the little strawberry or he tries to get the strawberry off the top of the cake. And it's so cute and sad. Uh, and he has those shiny eyes. But you don't get the little softness. You don't get the little like the feel, the tactile feel that you got on the Wii U. It doesn't U. have fluff physics. Yeah, it doesn't have fluff physics. That's exactly. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly. <laughs> it yeah the 3ds version is not is not powerful enough to do fluff physics uh and i would just i wish they would bring that over to the switch that's like the one the one right game outside of nintendo land like there there's not a lot left that they yeah. have brought but like to the for golden sun i would say don't give up hope on that one like it's it is forgotten. What are you doing to me? It is forgotten. Don't like, your face. Look, don't do this to me. I, I thought we do would never see. No, I don't. Industry, industry expert, Eric <laughs> announces. No, um, I never thought we'd ever see Live Alive again. That's true. And and here we are, and we're getting like the kind of like pseudo 3D Octopath look, and like. You know, who's, just, who's to say that they're not going to bring back Golden Sun? Pair, when E3 was still a thing, every year I would go to E3 or look at E3, go in, go into the season and say, this year will not, it will not happen. Keep your hopes down, Reb. And a tiny little spark would still fizzle and then it would die mm-hmm. every year. I am not getting my hopes up ever again for this. Oh my gosh. Your innocence never. has been taken. I know. Uh, so I'm never, they're never going to do it. Thank you, thank you for indulging me every time I bring up Never the say game. Uh, it's just we're gonna good. we're gonna bring back this clip when it's announced. Oh, like yeah. we're gonna yeah. You got. No, I mean, if they ever do, yeah. if they ever do, yeah. somebody put me on NBC. I'll just scream for an hour. <laughs> no one will want to listen to it. See, that's that's ogre battle for me. Like I'm just waiting for mm. it for a quest to resurrect from the ashes at Atlas and. Yeah, there's been rumors of a Tactics Ogre remake yeah. uh, floating around. I want classic Ogre. I want RTS Ogre. Our RTS Ogre Battle. Uh, person of... Oh, are we thinking like Ogre Battle 64 or something like that? Funny enough, Intelligent Systems, um, you know, Nintendo's second party, made a game called Napoleon. You ever play that one? It, no. I, it didn't come out here. It only came out in Japan. And that's Ogre Battle without the Ogres, basically. Uh-huh. Like, it has the same kind of, like, real-time uh, strategy elements, which... It's kind of cool. It wasn't a great game, but it was kind of cool. Didn't it, Ogre Battle ever come out on Nintendo Switch Online? I don't think it did. No, no, it's not. Yeah, Absolutely. it came out on the no. Wii back in the yeah. day. Yeah. But that game is relatively hard to find. It is. Very expensive cartridge. Yes. 
Why is it not on Nintendo Switch Online? Because there's still so many Jalico right. games that you don't <laughs> want to play. Right. Exactly. There's a bunch of random no. things that only you and Seth Macy know what they are. Yeah, they thread, like <laughs> every minute three Kirby games drop. But we don't get an <laughs> ogre battle or a tactics ogre. Um, uh, someday. Forgotten Land is... I just want to say Forgotten Land is probably my favorite Nintendo Switch game so far. It's so good. Yeah, I started I'm playing it recently. Yeah, it's yeah. so fun. Yeah. yeah. I it's, played through that I played through that co-op entirely mm. with Imran and we had a really darn good time. Mm. Uh, all the way to the end including the extra ending stuff you have to do for the true final battle. Uh, very good, surprisingly hard. You think that game's easy, you play it all the way through, and it, then you try to do the extra no, stuff at the end, hard. and you're like, okay. Especially if you want to get the extra things in some of the missions, right? There's yeah. some don't get hurt by the boss. Yeah, there's some nonsense yeah. in there. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Such a good game. And so cute. Oh it's so gosh. cute. Every And they... But is there smooching? No. Actually, I was about Needs to bring that up. Smooching. Not to bring the smooching okay. conversation back for a third time, <laughs> but in the previous Star Allies, or there was a previous there's a previous Kirby game where when you were playing like co-op and you wanted to transfer health, they did a little smooch and it was cute. And now they just high five. Oh. Because of COVID. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? They're going through a breakup pair. Oh, is that? <laughs> Kirby and Waddle D are going through a difficult okay. time and you should respect them. All right. God, I just love how much variety there is in movement. Yeah. Like, it's so fun. It's never that boring. ending has no right to be as epic as it ends no. up being. I was just like, I was laughing and crying. It was so good. Yeah. Every yeah. Kirby game starts with him, like, hanging out in a field and trying to eat a sandwich and some some horrible... <laughs> Horrible calamity strikes and stops him from consuming his sandwich. And then by the end, he's fighting the ruler of all space, time, yes. galactic, uh, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog it's, fan art looking nonsense. Kirby is basically the dude, right? <laughs> yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a job. He doesn't do anything. No. He enjoys his rug. Yeah. And just has a sandwich. And then something happens. And, you know, he just... Gotta go, man. You got it. I just love that he's next to me for this entire segment. Aww. Just there yeah, is. watching over us. Kirby is a do. You heard it here, in Nintendo <laughs> voice chat. As for me, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that Metroid Prime remake that's been uh, under that's been rumored for quite a while. So I guess that'll make that my my, my prediction. Are you I, laughing at? Because that? I think we need to have a counter on how many episodes of NBC is going to come out. We know it's real. What if, what if yeah. the, no? What if this whole thing is a prank? And it, it, is not, a, it is not real. What it if it's a, just a big prank? Nintendo just like seeded some it's rumors. Like Star Fox GP. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that's true. I do. I do also think it's real. But what if? What if we just? What if in like ten years somebody writes a special Someday report? That Fire Emblem's coming out. No, somebody <laughs> writes a special report in like ten years the story of the metroid prime remake that never actually existed I, I would love it if like retro finally shows the remake that they actually say why they why it's taken them this long i bet there's a really interesting story behind that oh, i'm sure yeah and it's not because of controls or anything them, i think it's just being busy with things let them finish this nonsense mm -hmm. so they can get back to making donkey kong stuff that's what i want oh, oh donkey it's kong been a since you've yeah. seen a donkey kong yeah. tropical freeze was very good oh my god how long ago was that though? a really long time yeah, yeah. on the years. wii u yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, it's one of those games where i was at first mad that retro was doing a game that di i didn't want retro to do i'm like I'll take a Donkey Kong game, but like, you know, steal oh. some folks from Rare or something. Um, <laughs> but when, when but when I played it, and I played it really late. I started it, it got uh, upset uh, when it originally came out because it was it was hard and it bugged me. And then I played it later on the Switch and I absolutely loved so it. I think good. it's really, really good. Strong so game. Good. Yep. 
Yeah. Doesn't get talked about that much. But no. Really good. Well, if the Nintendo Direct ends up happening, probably look for it the last week of June or thereabouts. And, well, typically Nintendo reserves a lot of its best announcements for the summer, including stuff that ends up dropping in the holiday. Metroid Dread was announced. Oh, yeah. I would love a surprise like that again. That was a, that was a good surprise. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So if we get something on that caliber, I think we'll be a very, very happy cat. <laughs> but now it's time for the cat take in which I talk about something that's on my mind. And y'all, I was on vacation recently on a boat and I got my pre-order saying that I'm going to get my Steam Deck finally, <laughs> but then it was canceled and I was very sad. But then the internet helped me get my pre-order back by contacting Steam Support. So now my Steam Deck is going to be waiting for me when I get home. They do this weird thing where like if you pre-ordered and you don't say anything for a couple of days, they're like, well, I guess you don't want it, right? Like they <laughs> yeah. just cancel your pre-order. Like, someone else. I, it was in my spam folder. Somebody said it. Make sure to check. I'm like, oh, wow. there it is. Yeah. You have four minutes left to... Ah! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Everyone has a story about how they got Mm. their Steam Deck. (laughs) Like, it's never straightforward. I don't like a Steam Steam Deck. I did. Do you play it a lot? No. So you're just, like, sticking with the Nintendo Switch? Yes. A Steam Deck exists so that people can run a couple games on it, go and tweet about how great those games run, and then put it away. Here's the thing. (laughs) I got a Steam Deck. When it was first announced, I said, okay, this is going to be cool. Like, my sons have freaking Alienwares and whatnot. I don't have a gaming PC at home. Um, And I I wanted a Steam Deck for all the games that weren't hitting Switch or the consoles. Mm -hmm. And then when I got the Steam Deck and and I went into the approved kind of list of games that run well on Steam Deck, I'm like... Crap, I have them all. <laughs> like, I, li- like yeah. I literally have most of these games. And so I did download games like Unpacking. I never got it on Switch, so I got that one on Steam, but a Steam Deck, you know, which isn't a very taxing game. It would run fine on, on Switch. But I am looking forward to some games that are a little bit more at home on PC. Like, that could be, you know, RTS games and things that we're traditionally not seeing on consoles. So um, I like it. And I'm not down on it. And I would play it more if there were more unique games um, coming out that, that um that ran well on it um i did get rogue legacy 2 on it just now so i'm gonna play that the reason i raised the steam deck for this cat take is that i've seen people comparing the two a lot the steam deck and the nintendo switch i've seen people say oh the steam deck has totally replaced the nintendo oh, no. switch for me no um they've been talking about how there's a lot of overlap between the nintendo switch and the steam deck because of the the indies come out on the pc a lot of the time first and then the nintendo switch gets them my cat take is I don't actually see that much overlap because the Nintendo Switch, I think, is geared a lot more toward mainstream audiences. It has a lot of Nintendo exclusives. It's a lot more affordable and accessible than the Steam Deck. And I think the Steam Deck is a hobbyist device yes. at its core. Yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah. It's a in your garden on the couch device more than the Switch. Like I I'm, I never bring my my Steam Deck with me on uh on trips, but I always have a switch with me because it is it is quite a lot heftier and larger and a little bit more complicated, right? The switch is like button on. Yeah. That's it, right? It's very, very simple. And then I did get I did pre-order the deck, uh, the um what you call call it, the uh uh the uh the cradle, dock. the dock, yeah, the dock, yeah, yeah. deck dock, uh the cradle, whatever, to play some PC games on my TV too. So um Right now, though, the Switch does that and and the Steam Deck doesn't. The Steam Deck really seems like it's for showing off people doing emulator stuff. There was Mm. a pretty funny thing on Twitter recently 
where somebody did uh, manage to emulate Majora's Mask for yeah. the 3DS. And they're like, look, I got the game on the TV and then the bottom screens on the Switch, uh, on the Steam Deck. And somebody said, they just discovered the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's very much, it, you're exactly right. It's, it's a, it's a hobbyist device. It yeah. is not, it's cool. I'm not, I'm not trying to be down on the Steam Deck. Yeah. But, I'm really, no, I'm yeah. really glad it exists, but it exists for a subset of people who have the money, time, information, and energy to go out of their way to pre-order it, make this whole, do this whole song and dance to get it, and then not, Sure, people are going to buy it and play the ones that, as you say, are like pre-approved, but kind of the whole appeal of it is that you can fuss with it. It's basically a, yeah. a portable computer that yeah. you can play things on, and and that's why people are getting it. Like, the people who are getting it already have a PC. They already have Steam. People are not going out and buying it because they don't have access to these things in some way, shape, or form already. Yeah, I think that's important. And, like, when we're talking about the Switch replacing it, the, the Switch can't replace it with certain games, right? Like, you can play Control on the Steam Deck and yeah. it looks beautiful, right? Sure. And if you didn't have an Xbox or a PC or a PlayStation, that would be the way for you to play it because you're not going to get it on the Switch and you're never going to get it on the Switch. And even games like Doom that are on the Switch just look so much better on the Steam Deck. So there is, it is a higher fidelity device that for some people might replace the next-gen console. I don't know. Yeah, but I bet if you broke down the demographics on that, the vast majority of people don't fall into that group. I the think pe so. yeah. The people yeah. who are buying that are not people who ha who do not have a PS5, an Xbox, no, or a I PC. Think you're right. Yeah, there's no, there's I, yeah, I bet there's hobbyists. like no. Yeah, they already have there. a big Steam but, library. Yeah, but there's a lot of people for whom the Switch is just the thing they have because it's yeah. like yeah. The, it's the cheapest device, or they like Nintendo games. It's or, so accessible. Like, yes, yeah. I had a lot of people come to me in the pandemic, being like, "All right, it's the pandemic. I want to get into games now," and I just told them, "Get a Switch." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it is the most accessible yeah. and I think you're and I think you're all right like the Steam Deck is way less accessible in addition to being like literally less accessible you have to fiddle with it a lot yeah. yeah Matt Kim I was talking to Matt Kim that's was kind of the genesis of this as well he said that he's going to get all games on PC now because he just wants to be able to double up and have them uh -huh. on his Steam Deck okay. and for him that means replacing the PS5 Xbox Series X mm. to some extent because he was like yeah. well I'm just not going to get any PC PS5 games unless they're an exclusive now because I would of course want to get them on PC and be able to play them on the Steam Deck and I personally am excited to be able to play say my copy of Monster Hunter World on the PC on my Steam Deck or I <laughs> I am going to take my Steam Deck to my friend's house because we've been playing Hollow Knight together, but I've been playing on a PC so that I could stream to her. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, like going back and forth and like talking through it and everything. But then I was like, but I could just do this on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, whatever. So, uh, no, I'm excited to have my Steam Deck. We'll see. It's cool. Yeah. No. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool going to be fun to look forward to like going back yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. For people who are really into that kind of stuff and like are able to sort of fuss with it, it's it's great and I'm happy people have it and I hope everyone's pre-orders go smoothly. Yes. May you receive your pre-orders and thank you to everybody on social media who helped me, who were like, no, go contact Twitter support, get your pre-order. Mm -hmm. And I did. Yep. Thank you. Love you all. And that's with this week's cat take. Moving on to games that you can't get on Steam Deck, but you can get a Nintendo Switch. Mario Strikers, uh, Mario Strikers mm -hmm. is now out on the Nintendo Switch. It came out on June 10th. This is what our review from Travis Northrup said. Part skillful soccer game, part ruthless brawler. Always a blast to play. Eight players on Switch. It's a great party game. However... It is lacking in offline modes. It has a tournament mode called uh, offline mode is cup battles where you play in these brief tournaments. Also has a relatively small roster, about 10 in total. 
However, they did give a shout out to the online mode where you manage a strikers club with seasonal rewards. It reminds me of the EA Sports Hockey League in some respects, which is a wild thing to see from a Nintendo sports game where you can gather some friends together and you can form a team and be able to play online. Uh, Quite sophisticated for a Nintendo Switch game, I want to say. This is a question that I have for everybody. Is multiplayer enough? Is being a party enough game enough for a full price game to subsist on alone? Or do you really need to have those single player modes to be able to justify the purchase? Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's a good question because I'm here for this game, at, but it's just going to be a party game for me. Like I'm not going to play, I'm probably not going to play the online mode. It's just going to end up being like one of the Mario parties or Mario Karts where I play it with a group of friends. But it's like, yeah, it's tough pay, paying full price for that. I would say is not a Mario Strikers person. I think that is especially true with Nintendo games specifically, because if a game comes out on literally from pretty much any other company and it is explicitly a very online multiplayer game and that is the point of the game, then I generally expect there to be lots of regular free updates and maybe like Mm -hmm. several years of support and they're probably going to be trying to make money off it for a long time Mm -hmm. which ends up working out in my favor usually if i like the game because there's going to be you know a lot of stuff what i mean i know i'm pretty sure mario strikers like has there's been is there dlc lined up but it's not with nintendo it's it's always such a dice roll like you might get one or two dlc packs down the line but it's not this is not going to be a game we're talking about next year this is probably not even really going to be a game we're talking about in like six months despite it being primarily online because they're you know they're going to move on like they're going to kind of leave it and it'll you know it looks really fun it does it looks fun i'm not trying to be down on mario strikers it's just the long-term support for online games is not is not nintendo's strongest suit uh and so i think that if if you're gonna you you can have one or the other you can you can draw people in with a really really strong campaign that is going to get more people to spend money on it and spend more time with it or you can have an online game that you plan to support for a decent amount of time that will convince people it's worth spending the money on up front but i think that if you don't have either then yeah, you'll get people in, it's, but it's a tough game to review. And you know, like I, Travis gave us gave it an eight and called it great. And you know, he says the core mechanics, the online, the multiplayer, are just so great, right? Mm-hmm. But that's where, as a player, you have to look at you know what do you want out of a game? Like, are you playing? car soccer all day and you don't care that you know maybe you get a a, a new car added every couple of months or something but like the the kind of competition keeps you going or do you play to unlock right do you want to conquer and unlock and like this game definitely is not that right Mm -hmm. um that said next level games is a really good developer they They don't mess around they they know how to create something that is really rewarding gameplay wise and like seeing them go nuts on online is is all sorts of good news because i'm hoping that nintendo will use this and and learn from it um i'm really curious to play it i played the the games that came before here in this series and really really liked them but you have to have friends over yeah. You just have to have friends over or you have to have badger your family into caring about soccer. What's funny is that a game like Mario Kart does not have robust single player modes either. I mean, you can play and have a good time with the individual cups or anything, but it's not like it has a story mode or anything. It's and definitely primarily a party game. Yeah, there's a lot to unlock. Yeah. Also, Mario Kart is kind of the exception to what I was talking about earlier because that is, that is the one game that Nintendo has been like, yeah, sure, have some more stuff there's a lot of yeah Yeah. after x years right but they they keep releasing it it keeps selling and and that's the thing too mario kart has this history as the two the two quintessential nintendo party games are mario party sorry three mario party 
Smash and Mario Kart. Those are the three Mm -hmm. you break out when you have people over. And Mario Kart has just sold so so well for them like they they can't they can't stop and the mario kart we're playing now is an encore version right so that one actually shipped with everything unlocked the original everything was locked so you had to unlock all the cups and you wanted to get all golds to get more and you got more car parts over time so that sort of loop is removed from the re-release but uh this game doesn't have any of that right like it's very straightforward so buy it if you like multiplayer yeah, I will say one thing about Smash is I have a hard time playing it at parties now because I like the skill levels of each person just varies so much. Yeah. That's not just me saying I'm very good at Smash, but you know, it tends to vary. Uh, I think Mario Kart eliminates some of that. And I think this looks very like free for all, like anyone can play and there's not a bunch of discrepancies and like the difficulties. So yeah. and it's like goofy. So I'll play it at parties. But I will say for as good as Mario Kart is, and as glad I am that it's still around and still getting content, I do only break out Mario Kart at parties. Oh, 100%. That's it. Yeah. Same with Smash for me. Yep, Sam. Yeah. But, you know, Smash is my party game. Yeah. The game. And the funny thing is, Mario, Smash is a fairly complicated game, as it you is. were saying, Alex. Like, it is not super easy for a casual player to pick up, despite the relative simplicity of the mm-hmm. controls versus a lot of fighting games. Whereas a game like this should be a lot more accessible to casual players. But mm-hmm. I, I guess Smash has been around long enough and people are familiar enough with it that I would have an easier time being like, hey, let's play some Smash versus, hey, I've got Mario Strikers. You want to play it? Yeah. You, you can also, if you have a bunch of people, Smash sort of has the ability to make the match more silly. Um, you turn on all the items. Have eight people play at once. Yeah, yeah. put it on a real, do anything other than Final Destination. Right? Yeah. And, and then even people who aren't, specifically good at it can still have fun because they're throwing exploding barrels and all kinds of other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's good. Or they sit on a platform as the ice climbers and just keep spamming ice at you over and over and over again. I'm looking at you, Emily. (laughs) Don't like it. As for me, I think I'm the biggest soccer fan here, unless Pear is secretly a huge soccer fan. So I don't know. I'm from a little known nation called Germany. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I've kind of fallen off soccer, mostly because you guys make it so hard to watch regional matches here and you have to pay up the wazoo for hey, various Bundesliga on services. Huh? You can catch Bundesliga on ESPN now. Yeah. I don't want to pay for it. Um, <laughs> so I've fallen off a bit, but I, I, I wake up early for World Cup matches and mm. all of that and, and UEFA and all of that. Um, so I'm, uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to play Strikers. Mm. It'd be cool if they, if they did something for the World Cup with Strikers, but I don't know. Nice. Yeah. The license is locked up for that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah just a little bit. Yeah. Well, Mario Strikers is now out on the Nintendo Switch, and it's a nice little summer party game, especially yeah. uh, if you like soccer. Um, I think that uh, it's a great party game, and it's nice to have some new games on the Nintendo Switch, for sure. Of course, there's another party game that's coming out that's going to be definitely um, dominating a lot of my time, and that's Shredder's Revenge next week. So <laughs> I've made my choice. But now it's time to move on to a little segment that we've been doing for a bit, the reasons that we love the Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> I cannot week, believe we've kept this going. And this <laughs> I'm week, so here for this. <laughs> this week, I am going to shout out something that maybe is a little was a little controversial at the time. But GBA connectivity, yes, it was good. I will brook no argument on this front. <laughs> Pokemon Coliseum, Zelda, Four yes. Swords Adventure, GL Play with GBA connectivity. Oh, I did, but not what you're describing. <laughs> no, I had that thing. Okay, do you remember the thing that it was 
you stuck it, you attached it to the bottom of the GameCube, and you could play your Game Boy Advance games on the, oh, the GBA player. Yeah. Oh, the GBA player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had one of those. That was sick. That that's a future appreciation yeah. segment. Yeah. No, we're talking about thing? we're talking about the little gray triangles yes. with the purple wires that you had to plug into oh, your GameCube, that. and then you could control games with your uh, Game Boy. And in Zelda, whenever you went indoors, Link would appear on your screen, and you would do stuff on your GBA. And if you accidentally pulled out the wire, or your GBA ran out of battery, which the plug covered, you could not switch your batteries anyway. The entire game would be off. <gasps> it was so kludgy and crappy, and yet the gameplay that they showed with Zelda was so cool. I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so good, but it just wasn't ready. Like, it needed a wireless connection. Like, let me connect my Switch to, I don't know, PlayStation something. It's <laughs> Does anyone remember? Like, the N64 had something like that specifically for Pokemon. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but it was like you attached it to the back of your N64 controller and you put your Pokemon game in it and you could play it on the screen in Pokemon Stadium. It's the transfer pack. Yeah. Mm, yeah. With a K. Yeah. Yeah. No, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the ability to transfer my Pokemon over from Ruby and Sapphire to Pokemon Colosseum yeah. and be able to play with them. And you could get, you could level them up really easily. By playing through the 100 floor <laughs> uh, battle tower or whatever. So that's what I was ended up doing. And then you transfer, you could get uh, Pokemon you could not normally access in Colosseum, purify them, and then bring them oh, over yeah. to Ruby and Sapphire. And I think that was the first time I was able to get the Eevees over because oh, I yeah, had yeah. Espeon and Umbreon. I did that too. Yeah. Did you play Pac-Man Versus? I did. That's it. another uh, GBA link cable support game. That's the game that spawned the meme you know the uh, the reaction guys uh pac-man versus where one player has their own personal screen and can chase all the other player or you know can knows where the other players are that are on the uh, television screen so they did some really cool stuff with asymmetrical play and then of course they went back to it with wii u right wii u is that sort of promise done with nintendo land where one player is special uh you know with a handheld device it didn't work the second time around either, right? Like, it didn't become a mainstream feature, but I always appreciated that. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Crystal came out. Chronicles. It was a big deal because it was Square Enix's return to a Nintendo console after, of course, their giant breakup. Mm. And, every, and like, but you had to have four GBAs and four link cables yeah. to really properly enjoy this game. And there are folks who were like, no, it's actually good, but... It, yeah, all of the all of the little games were were cool. There there was other stuff shown that never came out. There was a a game concept called DT that was shown at Space World. Um, the, the Nintendo had high hopes for this whole connectivity thing. They were making a big deal out of it, mm -hmm. but then the reality became this: that the GBA was designed with batteries in mind, mm -hmm. and you couldn't hot swap. If you took out batteries with the GBA, a game would end, and they somehow didn't let you do any save states. And like, so all of these games would be incredibly disruptive, which meant like, because you would have to, like, you would cancel a game if one player out of four ran out of batteries, which didn't make it feasible for longer quest games. And Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, we got interrupted multiple times because of stupid stuff like that. However, in Wind Waker, you could play as Tingle and you could randomly bomb Link for reasons. <laughs> At a Tingle yeah. tuner, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So in that respect, the GBA connectivity was good. All right. Such a good idea, though. Yeah. It's time now for our final segment. We're going to just do a quick question block. And this one is from Evan Bidolf, 
which three games have logged the most time on your Nintendo Switch and why? Definitely Smash Ultimate, because I love Smash. Uh, definitely Animal Crossing New Horizons, because, you know, I got it. It was my life during the pandemic. And Breath of the Wild. Without checking, definitely, I think it'd be Breath of the Wild, Animal Crossing are both really up there. And then, you know, probably it's possible that one of the Picross games where I did everything is up there. And also I play and then fall asleep. And so it logs (laughs) two hours while I'm snoring away, um, stuck on a puzzle. Uh, Or it could be something else like a Smash or Mario Kart, like any of these, these online games. Uh, Animal Crossing is definitely number one for me. I think I'm well over 500, 600 hours on that. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure, I think, is probably number oh, two. Wow. I, know I wish. I'm, yeah, right. I, <laughs> I believe I'm at something like 130 hours last time I looked. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I I'm really enjoy Ring Fit Adventure. Uh, number three is harder. It might be Fire Emblem Three Houses because I played, oh, too, yeah. I played all the way through the Blue Lions route yep. and then most of the way through the Golden Deer. And I think Blue Lions alone took me 80 plus hours and mm-hmm. Golden Deer, I probably spent even more time on. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. I'm remembering my times wrong because that actually sounds really long for a single route. Uh, but I spent a lot of time on that game is my point. So I think that's probably number three. I think for me, it's definitely Animal Crossing's number one. I have like 600 hours oh my God. Yeah, along same. with you. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, I think, has to be number two because I got up to level 100 and basically did everything um, in the base game. And I'm going to be breaking out Sunbreak with my friends uh, pretty soon. Like I was basically playing that all summer last year. So uh, Monster Hunter Rise made me number two. And then probably Smash is in there as well because... I mean, I have these friends who come over periodically and they really enjoy Smash. And when they do, we always end up playing like several hours together. I have one wildcard game that we always break out when we have friends over. It's Tricky Towers. Oh. You ever play that one? It's Tetris with physics. Mm -hmm. And then some levels there's wind. (laughs) So you're putting down uh, like a a piece and the wind pushes it. So you have to brace it with other pieces. It's a a really good four-player game. Hmm. Tricky Towers, probably like 10 bucks or something. Get it if you like playing with friends and make them angry. Well, thank you so much to Evan for submitting that question to the Nintendo Voice Chat Facebook group. And of course, you can submit more question block groups there as well. And that's about all the time we have left for this week's NVC. Follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast and submit your question block questions on the NVC Facebook group. Thanks to our guests, Alex Stedman and Rebecca Valentine for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Of course. As well as Red on the ones and twos. Most of all, thanks to all of you for hanging out with us. And remember, NVC is the only place where you can get... The thing. The thing. (laughs) I did it wrong. No, I think that's much better. Get the thing. Thinking of the Fantastic Four thing. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.